Hey y'all, we are back for another episode and I am here and excited to talk to Dr. Brent Lacey and we're going to talk about how you learn by teaching. So hang out with us. I'll be right back after this little break. Welcome back, Tribe. You are listening to Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, where we invite doctors, dentists, and medical entrepreneurs who are breaking the mold, stepping outside the box as entrepreneurs, and practicing on their terms to share their journey, wisdom, and their inspiration with the world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne. My calling is to help doctors find freedom, fulfillment, and full self-expression. I have helped dozens of medical professionals transform their mindset, leverage their skill set, and build profitable businesses and careers they love. Now, let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an opportunity for inspiration, motivation, and empowerment with me and our amazing guests. Now, let's take it to the next level, y'all. Here we go. Hey, we are on another episode of Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, and I'm excited to have this guest on today because me and this doc, we've been running in the same circles for a minute, and we have been playing around with doing a little podcast swap for a few months now, and so we finally got it together. I'm excited to have Dr. Brent Lacey on the show with me. He is the owner of The Scope of Practice, and he does one-on-one coaching for business and personal finance, and this guy is the real deal. And so, you know, we're going to talk about what he does, but we're also going to talk about the fact that we deepen our learning when we teach others. So I just want to go ahead and bring on Dr. Brent to the to the show. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to have you. Hey, Maisha, this is going to be fun. I'm excited we were able to make this happen. Yes, yes. So, I, you know, I always like to get people's journey because I think it's important for the docs and, and the medical professionals listening to hear, listening here to like really get like where you come from and how you got to the point of where you are and how you even like made this, this transition. Talk to us. Yeah. So, um, well, I, you know, when I got out of fellowship, uh, so I'm a gastroenterologist. When I got out of fellowship, you know, I went straight into my first, you know, job. I was in the military, but I'm all by myself. I was a solo practitioner, one of one. And, uh, you know, kind of had to learn things pretty quickly, you know, about how to, you know, pull together a, a team, how to get, you know, how to get things running smoothly, how to make sure that things are really efficient. And, uh, you know, a lot of what I was doing was just, you know, just learning by experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then, you know, once I got to where I was able to do that pretty well, then I started, you know, uh, you know, coaching new folks through it. And then, um, you know, I, I got involved, I guess this really mostly got started with um, the financial discipleship ministry that I created at my church. If you're familiar with uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial yes. Peace University, yes. So I was, we were, I was helping teach that class at our church, but there was just so many people that just it wasn't quite enough. Like they just needed more one-on-one help, right? And so, you know, we expanded that and started doing some one-on-one coaching and mm-hmm. um, started offering some other classes. And then I started getting people at my hospital that were actually asking me like, hey, can you come talk to the OR nurses? Uh, you know, because we heard that you were doing this stuff. And then the mm-hmm. residents started asking me to do stuff. And I was, 
it was interesting because I, I kept getting the same like five or six or 10 questions all, every time, right? Mm -hmm. And then after, after I realized I was answering the same questions over and over, I thought to myself, you know, I should really have like a, a, a blog or, or something like that where I could point to people and go, hey, just read this. And then I thought, why don't I just have a blog or something where I can point to people <laughs> to do this? So then I was like, well, what's involved in starting something like this? So anyway, I, I, I went on, the, you know, watched a whole bunch of YouTube tutorials and mm -hmm. read a bunch of blogs on how to start stuff. And was like, well, let me just give this a shot. And so mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying it and really getting to a lot of opportunities to work with people. I mean, legitimately from coast to coast. I mean, mm -hmm. and yeah, actually Hawaii, now I think about it. So, I mean, just all mm -hmm. over the country, it's been fantastic. That is super cool. I, I love how it's like, you know, you, you were baptized by fire, really, in, in, in all aspects of it. You know, I, and it was, it was really the same with me. Like, it's, our, our stories are similar in that, you know, when I came out of residency, it was like, I just jumped in head first to solo practice, and then you just learn as you go. But then when people start asking you, well, how did you do it? And, you know, you begin to like, uh, again, say the same thing over and over again, you realize, hey, I should, I should be, you know, providing a resource for people. And when did you convert it from something that was a blog to then actual paid, like a paid resource? Yeah, it, it kind of happened organically. Um, mm -hmm. You know, once, you know, I, I wanted to start with just the blog and see, is this even a viable thing? Is there, is there a need for this out there? Is this something that people really want? Mm -hmm. And what I was finding is that, and, and I think, and I think you've probably experienced this too with, you know, the, with, uh, with all of your businesses that you've got going is that um, those kinds of things can only take you so far, mm -hmm. right? So there's, 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 tiers of people, right? So there's some folks that they really just need a very specific answer to a very specific question. Mm -hmm. And you get that on the blog and or from a YouTube video or from a podcast episode, and you're good to go. But then there's another tier of folks that that's just not quite enough, but they really want a sort of a step-by-step -step plan. And so they're looking for maybe like an online course, or they're looking for something where it's all laid out for them, it's all curated, mm -hmm. and that's what they need. And then there's another tier of people that they really want just more customized help. They want more one-on-one -on -one specific mm -hmm. attention, um, you know, and that's just the way that they want to either consume that content or get the help that they need. And so once I started realizing that there's a lot of, there's a lot of individualized needs in the realm of business and finance coaching, it just seemed to make a lot of sense to be able to try to offer that for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. So I know for myself, when I started coaching, so, you know, I started coaching around burnout and then I went to move to career transition and then entrepreneurship. And then I've gone even further into the mindset and the NLP and the hypnosis. What I found is as I started coaching, I deepened my own um, knowledge and you know, it starts with deepening your confidence, I think. But then as you become a craftsman in what you do, you deepen your knowledge and you begin to learn like how you, you begin to broaden your range in the way that you give recommendations. And so what, what are the biggest things that you learned or that you have found that have deepened your knowledge, even in the personal finance industry, as you're, as you're coaching people, as you're creating your content? Well, I, I think that there's a general truth that 
teaching people is the best way to learn. It's the way that, as you just described, I mean, you, you learn the deepest. The, the, Latin, the Latin phrase for that is docendo discimus, which literally means we learn by teaching. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's a phrase going all the way back to Cicero. I mean, that's a couple thousand years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is one of the reasons why I think residency training is so valuable that it's more than just the one year. I mean, you could legitimately go off and do practice after a year of internship, or mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that could, but there is just something valuable about having to teach it to people in a way that makes them understand. Mm-hmm. Because if you can teach it, if you can, if you can know something in a way that you are able to explain it Mm -hmm. to someone and get them to understand, you understand it at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it was, you know, it's been sort of a series of things. I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's more of a, it's more the, the body of, of work. It's the, it's the sort of the corpus of learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I've been, you know, as far as personal finance stuff, I've been doing stuff since I was a kid. I mean, my parents were really, um, you know, aggressive about teaching us personal finance stuff when I was even little. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started reading, you know, personal finance books and investing books when I was in, you know, late middle school and early high school and continued in college and med school. And so, you know, and it's, it's all grist for the mill, right? Mm-hmm. So every book that you read, you know, maybe you plot a few nuggets and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now this is a piece that I definitely want to remember. And over time you just kind of build it up and, you know, it's, you know, it, all of a sudden it just, you reach a critical mass and it just starts to all fall into, into place. It all starts mm-hmm. to make sense. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, so you talked about broadening the mass and it's like the, the whole scope is what you've, what you've broadened your learning on. Is there anything that as you started coaching that you were like, huh, this is new or, you know, this is, this is some, this is a different way of looking at things. Like has, has your mind been changed about, you know, sort of the path that you've taken around personal finance or have you stuck with this particular framework and that's always worked? Well, I think the thing that's been very interesting to me to see is that um, there's not a lot of difference between coaching physicians with personal finance mm-hmm. and coaching non-physicians with personal finance. So when I was teaching at my church, you know, I'd be working with folks that are on social security making, mm-hmm. you know, $13,600 a year or whatever the mm-hmm. current social security rate is. Uh, and, fo- you know, single moms that are, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 25 grand a year and, you know, struggling to make ends meet. Um, and what's, what was really interesting to me is when I started working with physicians, you think, all right, you know, they're, they got student loans and that sort of thing, but, you know, so maybe they got more debt, but at least they're, you know, they're, they're highly educated, I guess they got, you know, a little bit more experience, like, no. No, it's, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, physicians, we just, we do, the, we do the same dumb stuff as everybody else. We Absolutely. just do it with more zeros on the end. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because I was reading this book a while back called, and I think I might've mentioned it in one of my posts, um, the, the Millionaire Next Door. And it's I love so, that book. I lo- it, it really opened my eyes um, to a few things. I think for me, what it most opened my eyes was, is, is exactly what you just said, is that you know, people think that as doctors, that, that doctors are so much more um, financial savvy. And, and personally, you know, because I started late from an investing uh, in, in the investing game and I haven't like, I don't have like 20 properties. I thought, oh, well, gosh, I'm late to the game. But then I come to realize that, no, I'm actually right on track. <laughs> you know? Oh, 100%. And that I tell you what, that book was it was highly transformative for me. I read yeah. that when I was in high school, it came out in 1997. Wow. And it's it was 
it was one of the first books of its kind that really took a different spin. Up until then, all, most of the books that had been written on investing were all about, okay, you have to find the right advisor. You have to get the right investments. You have to mm -hmm. hit the right, you know, um, you know, financial analysis, this and that. And though, you know, Stanley's work, Thomas Stanley's work was that, um, you know, this is why he called it the millionaire next door mm -hmm. um, is that the average person can be a millionaire. This is sixth grade math. I mean, so, right. you know, the, you know, millionaires are teachers and they're mm -hmm. doc they're, they're plumbers. They're mm -hmm. electricians, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're the folks just in an average neighborhood. They're the folks that made smart decisions with their money. One small decision at a time for 40 years right. and became millionaires. I mean, my grandmother was a, you know, she was a school teacher for mm -hmm. 40 years and my grandfather was a, you know, worked for the post office mm -hmm. and they retired with over like two and a half million dollars. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they passed away since, but um, you know, I mean, as a teacher and, you know, as a matter of fact, so his, um, so Tom Stanley's daughter, um, Sarah Stanley Falaw, she mm -hmm. wrote a book that came out about a year and a half ago, two years ago, called the next millionaire next door uh, building on um uh building on uh thomas stanley's work and before he passed away he helped he was a contributor to the book um but uh you know they what she set out to show was that okay in 20 years you know it's been 20 years was that just a fluke or i mean can mm -hmm. this still be done today mm -hmm. and all the results were exactly the same it's wow. all simple stuff it's behavior it's yeah. making smart choices mm -hmm. it's it's going it's getting a you know trained to do something that provides value in the marketplace it's yeah you know, not going dramatically into debt. It's teaching your kids how to make smart money decisions so that they grow up and leave you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it, it, none of this is, none of this is hard or I'll say this, none of this is difficult, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, what that points to is that it really starts with mindset. You know, it really starts with the money mindset. And I think that's the biggest thing that I took away. It's like, it is simple math, but it also is mindset. And I think that like one of the things that we have such, a, especially as docs, as medical professionals, we, we have such this whole delayed gratification thing going on that when we get out, it's like, ooh, all the things that I waited for, as opposed to, you know, number one, starting early, like thinking about starting it, starting your, your, your wealth practices way back in medical school, you know, and not waiting until you get out and you have a big paycheck thinking you're going to buy everything and then save and then save some or, or invest some or whatever, right? Like I wish I had known back when I was in medical school that I could be investing small amounts because I would, you know, would definitely be ahead of the game, right? But it, it's all in the money mindset. And I think part of it is in the way you're raised. And I think one of the things I took away from that is that you can break the cycle at any time. And I think that's what you're talking about with this, 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 um, Sarah, Sarah is, is her name, the, the daughter. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah Falaw. Sarah uh -huh. Falaw. I look, yeah. I'm looking up that book. Cause I, I, I just love that book. So, and, and I imagine like as a, you know, as a coach, as, as a, as a, you know, um, a person who empowers other in their finances, that's part of what you work with is that, that there's the math, but then there's the money mindset as well. Right. A hundred percent. And as you pointed out, I mean, a lot of it has to do with how you were raised and what you were taught and what mm -hmm. you've learned over time. Mm -hmm. And so if your parents didn't teach you, you kind of have to go figure it out for yourself. And mm -hmm. the thing I always tell folks is that nobody cares about you as much as you care about you. Yes. Okay. I mean, I care about people as a general rule, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't make decisions for people. You know, I can, I can show them the, you know, the, the ways that, 
um, you know, to, to get ahead with finances, I can show you how to make smart decisions, but it mm-hmm. comes down to you making the smart decisions for yeah. yourself. And that's one of the reasons why I started the scope of practice was because I had observed that most people just didn't have that training. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I didn't get this kind of training in mm-hmm. med school. I mean, I was blessed that I had grown up with it and yeah. was smart enough to pay attention to it, you know, but, um, you know, most people don't get that. And that's certainly true. the schools aren't helping at all. I mean, oh, high school, college, <laughs> med school, I mean, no one teaches right. this stuff. No so one teaches it. so it's, it's up to folks like us to, you know, offer that to, you know, to people because it is just a huge and dire need. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and, and I think that what you allude to is that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, but I think especially in our community, it's needed because number one, we, we come out with this whole delayed gratification. But number two, I think there's a comparison thing like, oh, like I said, I came out like I'm way behind. And then of course we come out with all these student loans and all this debt. And so it's really needed in our community to be able to, how do you turn that around to be able to create wealth in a manageable fashion? And because we are in a higher income bracket, we tend to be at least in a higher income bracket, then there's an opportunity there to, to be able to like leverage that to get our debt down and to create wealth early on. So I, I really love that. Well, and the truth is at some point it's going to take an act of will. Yes. I mean, there's, you know, we can spend all of our time, you know, griping that, oh, well, the government doesn't care about us. And, mm-hmm. you know, why am I not eligible for this subsidy and that tax credit? Mm-hmm. And, you know, but at, at some at some point we just, the truth is we just have to decide that this is important enough to us that we're going to, learn about it. We're going to make the right choices. We're just going to get down and do it. So you mentioned a couple of things that I think are, are, are worth highlighting. Um, mm-hmm. One is the, you know, I, I call it lifestyle creep, you know, where, you know, every time you, every time you, uh, you know, increase your paycheck, you know, you start increasing your lifestyle a little right, bit right. and that's fine. I, I encourage that sort of thing, but a little bit right in moderation. <laughs> and like you said, that delayed gratification thing, you know, when you're coming out of medical school, it's not lifestyle creep at that point. It's lifestyle explosion, it's lifestyle, <laughs> you know, tsunami. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> cause what, what, what's been happening is like, you've been in college, you've been in med school, mm-hmm. you've been in residency, you've been in fellowship. So you've, you've delayed gratification for eight, 10, 12, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've been holding your breath, holding your breath, holding your breath. And then you get out and you have that attending paycheck and you exhale. Right. And in that breath, it goes Tesla, BMD, <laughs> BMW, big doctor house, <laughs> private schools for my kids, you know, right. all this, all this right. great stuff, you know, and right. I need to upgrade this and I need, I need season tickets to that. And, you know, none of those things are evil. I mean, it's fine. Go, I mean, right. I, I always tell people, you know, Hey, I like stuff, you know, go get you some stuff. You should get right. some stuff. That's great. Right. Stuff's great. Um, <laughs> but y- you can't have it all at once if you right. can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, and so I think that's something that we need to pay attention to. That's, that's really a way that people get themselves hurt. The second thing that you mentioned that I think is really important. And I think doctors are particularly susceptible to this mm-hmm. um, is uh, the, the, the principle that I coach my um, clients on is uh, I call it social indifference. Mm. Um, and so the idea here is that, you know, you've heard of the expression, of course, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, doctors are, you know, the Joneses in our neighborhood are, <laughs> you know, they, they tend to drive nice cars. They tend to have big mm-hmm. houses. They tend to have their kids in private schools. And again, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But if you can't afford it, that's a problem. 
And now that the Joneses are all on Facebook and we see the Joneses, oh, you know, gosh. highlight yes. reels every yes. single day yeah. and every picture that everyone posts is Pinterest perfect. And it's, Oh, my vacation right. pictures oh, and, you know, yeah. check out my car, hashtag blessed, you know, and all this stuff. It's hashtag that, <laughs> yeah. Right. I caught that one game. That got me a little delayed. <laughs> <laughs> but good. you see this, you see this stuff all the time and you're like, and the phrase that I hear all the time, that is one of the most, I think potentially destructive phrases is when someone says, when is it going to be my turn? Ooh. And it is really, it, it, it's an easy thing to think. And I, and mm -hmm. I totally get where it's coming from. I've mm -hmm. even said it myself a few times, mm -hmm. but if you, if you use that phrase, okay, you need to catch yourself using that phrase and go, okay, I need to step back and think what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. Am I, is this something that I genuinely need? Is this mm -hmm. something that I need to find a way to be content without it for a little while longer in mm -hmm. order to meet whatever other long-term financial goals that I have. Cause in the name of, in the name of trying to let it be my turn, I can make a lot of really bad financial moves mm -hmm. that feel good in the short term and cause problems in the long term. And, and, you know, how about like, instead of when is it going to be my turn? How can I create a legacy for myself and for my, you know, the people who come behind me? Like that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, a shift that I myself have even have made over the last, you know, 10 years or so. It's like, okay, well, you know, I, it used to, well, this is pre-child. So my, my child is five and a half pre-kid. It's like, oh, I can feel it. My turn is coming. And then it's, and then it's like, wait a second, how do I create legacy? How do I create, you know, what is the big picture? And I think that's what people miss sometimes is the big picture. And especially, you know, when I had my son, it became all about what is the big picture of creating a legacy not number one for myself, so I can actually retire, but also so that my son is taken care of as well, you know, so that he has the knowledge and not necessarily like having everything that he wants kind of taken care of, but that he is equipped. And this is comes back to like, we learn when we teach, like, you know, I'm having to sure up my knowledge on things like investing and my courage on, you know, like learning about real estate and things like that, so that I can now Im imbue these values to my child so that he's very equipped to create wealth when I'm gone. Yeah. And what you just described, I think is, I think is really key. It's definitely something that I, I think um, can really help set people up for success mm -hmm. is um, there's another great book that if people are interested, they should definitely read. It's called um, uh, Retire Inspired. And um, it's by a guy named Chris Hogan, who's a you know national expert uh, and speaker on um, on uh, retirement and uh, you know investing and things like that. But one of the things that he talks about early on in that book is the idea of dreaming in high definition. Mm -hmm. And so you know that. you need a you need a big enough why, right? Mm -hmm. So so let me give you a, a counter example. So if you're if you're sitting with you know a client that wants to lose weight, or if you're a doc and you've got a patient and they're you know they've got diabetes and hypertension and all this stuff and they're trying to you need them to lose weight for their health. Mm -hmm. Until the pain of living as you know as, as someone who's a hundred pounds overweight is greater than the pain of you know avoiding cookies, they're not going to make the right choices. And oh, so yeah. you need to give them a big enough reason for doing what they're doing, you know? Well, and so I'm not afraid to, you know, really bring out the big guns. So if, you know, if I got someone that they're just, you know, just not really quite getting it, let's say within, mm -hmm. with the, the weight thing, you know, 
you know, I'll tell them, look, you know, you got, you got grandkids, right? You got a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does it bother you that you're probably not going to live long enough to see her go, you know, get married mm -hmm. that you won't be able to, you won't be able to watch your, your, you know, son walk her down the aisle. Is that, mm -hmm. is that bothersome to you? You need to, you need to put it in a, in a stark yeah. enough contrast mm -hmm. that, um, that people finally get it. And with money, it's the same thing. It's, mm -hmm. you know, do you want to be completely dependent on your kids and the government when you're older? Do you want to be able to travel and do the things you want to do? Would you like to be able to retire from work someday? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these are things that, you know, you need to give people a really clear vision mm -hmm. um, to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And, and it's, it's so funny because I say that a lot, like, you know, having that big enough why in, in order to be able to like push you forward. I say that a lot with my entrepreneurial clients because, you know, as you know, owning and starting and owning a business is is no you know piece of pie it's it's a, it's a roller coaster ride and if you don't have a big enough you know why on the other end then it's easy to say i give up right or it's easy to play into what that personal desire is before you delay just a little bit longer that gratification or instead of instead of a lifestyle explosion, you allow just the lifestyle creep, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to get that big picture early. And, and so I imagine, I mean, I wonder, I wonder for you, how, what are the ages or what are the, 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 the times of career that you're seeing docs come to you? Are you seeing them come earlier and earlier to you? Or are you dealing more with like mid-career, later career who are like, help, where do you see most of it definitely skews more uh, towards the folks that are coming out because I think mm -hmm. for two things, one is that folks that are in their, in their sixties, either at this point, they figured it out mm -hmm. or they're set in their ways and they're not interested. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> what I generally find. Um, but for folks that are, you know, say 45 and younger, you know, say the 35 to 45 range, you know, they've been out of training for say less than 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's a, that's a big cohort. And then definitely people that are either that are, I would say in residency and fellowship or mm -hmm. just barely graduated. That's probably the second cohort. Yeah. And I think that now that there's a lot of us starting to speak into this space, especially online and the, the information is becoming more widely disseminated. I think mm -hmm. we have more people asking the questions earlier and earlier. Mm -hmm. And with folks like you and with folks like me kind of banging the drum to get these things talked about more in med school and residency, mm -hmm. we're actually starting to see this kind of thing more. And so I, th I think people are starting to recognize the problem and, and start asking the questions earlier, which is really gratifying to see. And I've said before, I would love it if every medical school in the country wants to institute a curriculum that puts me completely out of work. Mm -hmm. I am fine with that. I would mm -hmm. love, love, love that. <laughs> Well, you know, the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur in me says, you know, you just create a course and license it out and you'll never be out of work. There you go. There you go. I'm hearing collaboration opportunities here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my mom, I was talking to my mom sidebar yesterday and uh, we had a family meeting and my sister, you know, she pulled out some, some tarot cards that she had written. She was, you know, for fun. And she was like, you want us to read you? And we were like, sure. <laughs> and then, and then I was talking to my mom and I was like, that was fun. Right. She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, she should, she should charge people to do that. My mom was like, you are always the entrepreneur, aren't you? <laughs> like, anytime I hear anything, I'm like, 
yeah, we should, we should charge people to do that. And you're like, can, yeah. can you sell that? Can I, yeah, can, can yeah, I sell that? You should sell that. <laughs> like, you, know, you should license that and you, you should package and license that thing. And like, cool so, idea. What's your marketing plan for that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now this is really great. No, I, and I, and I agree with you. It's like, I think one of the things I think that's happening in our industry is that, well, I think part of it is generational. Like I think we have our generation who is waking up and therefore teaching our children. And, and I think now earlier and earlier, there's an awareness. And I, be, I believe you're correct. Like people like, you know, we have these podcasts, we're out doing lives, we're, we're teaching these courses. And so the early career docs are coming out with a, a more of an awareness of, hey, I need to be doing something now. And I think that's wonderful because I think it will shift the the um the mind space of what it is to be a doctor and and that there are multiple ways to create wealth and not necessarily just in clinical medicine although clinical medicine is one of those streams of income for some people right mm -hmm. so i think that is what's so amazing about what you do is like you're teaching people another way to create wealth and to whether it's you know saving or whether it's investing or whether it's, you know, whatever it is. And then there are people like me who are teaching entrepreneurship. And then there are people like, you know, other people who are teaching real estate. And it's just, it's, it's going to transform who we are as a profession so that we don't always feel like we're under the thumb of the powers that be. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I think is important for the listeners to hear is, you know, because uh, I can imagine people are out there thinking, well, I mean, I, I, I'm just barely getting started. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't know as much as all these guys that are, that are writing blogs and putting out podcasts. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with this stuff. Here's the thing. I guarantee you that you know more than somebody. Mm -hmm. right? It's impossible for you to not know more than anybody in the world about anything. Mm -hmm. And the place where I would always recommend starting, especially for folks who are parents, is your kids. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I'll tell you what, there's, there's nothing like, there's nothing like teaching a thing to make you more adherent to your own, you know, your own philosophies, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm teaching, if I'm trying to teach my kids to be, you know, smart with money and, and, you know, and, you know, save their money wisely and, and put aside money to give to others and just make smart spending choices. And then I go out and make, you know, really dumb choices with my mm -hmm. money and I borrow money on my credit card up to the hilt and they see me living a lifestyle I can't possibly afford. Mm -hmm. Then they start, you know, like, well, dad, that doesn't make sense. We, that's not what we talked about. You right. know? And so it, it helps keep me on the straight and narrow and it helps me clarify and, and understand my own teachings better if I'm forced to teach them to someone else. And so that's a great place that people can start is, you know, just start and start simple. I mean, with your kids, especially, mm -hmm. you know, we started teaching my, my now five and a half year old, we started teaching him money stuff when he was four mm -hmm. and it was super, super, super basic stuff. It's okay. You do a chore, you get a commission. It's 50 cents and, you know, 10 cents goes into your savings and 10 cents goes to tithe for the church. And then the rest of it is stuff that you can spend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like he's getting rich off of it. I mean, he's just right. learning that money comes from work and I need mm -hmm. to give some, spend some and save some. I mean, yeah. it's really, really basic. And I, I learn better when I am teaching folks and I think everybody yeah. else can do the same. I love that. I love that. I, I do a similar thing with entrepreneurship with my son. It's like, how much would you sell this for? <laughs> and that boy is going to be able to sell ice to an Eskimo. I, I'm like, I, I think he got that. I don't know if he got it by watching or if he, 
or if he just has it naturally, but he is a salesman. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's great. And, then, well, and, that's, and that's the great thing is that, you know, you know, all it takes is just starting, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just have it, to start somewhere. Th- th- there's nothing magic. I mean, you started just a few years ago and it was mm-hmm. just, you know, you just decided one day, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of times that's the thing that you just got to do. You just got to decide, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start. Yeah. And, and, you know, like we, we'd say, what you say, start low, go slow. Right. So it's like, that's right. what you do. You just, you just start somewhere, baby steps and, and then you're started. So then it's, then you're learning as you're going or you're teaching it to your kid or, and then you're, and you're on your way. So that's, that's yeah, for sure. So is there any, cause you know, I would love, we could talk, we can go on and on and on about this. <laughs> Right. It's a topic I love to talk about. And I'm sure you too, because you coach on it. But is there any like big one point that you'd like to leave our listeners with? So I guess the thing I would say is that, you know, you're, you're going to learn best when you're actively learning. And that usually means going out to find uh, things to learn from. And so mm-hmm. that's finding books to read. It's mm-hmm. finding podcasts to listen to. It's mm-hmm. going to lectures. It's listening to TED Talks. It's, you know, talking to friends, talking to mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, the information is out there. And, you know, folks like Maisha and folks like me are we're doing our best to try to get it out there in the world. But I mean, it, it's out there. All you got to do is just go look for it. Um, if you're interested, I, I put together actually something for your, your listeners. We've been talking yes. about some of these, some of these books yes. and, um, I've got a great reading list of folks that are books that I, I think do. is a great place for folks to start. Mm-hmm. Um, there's books on personal finance, books mm-hmm. on investing, mm-hmm. uh, business growth, personal growth and development. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people want that, they can download it for free at, uh, the scope slash reading list. Nice. And, this is 35 of my favorite books that have really meant something to me. And I think you're, mm-hmm. I think your growth, you know, very growth oriented. I mean, here's the thing. There's a great, there's a great thing. And I forget who this was originally attributed to. I think it's John Wooden, the UCLA mm-hmm. basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you'll be the same person that you are today, five years from now, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. And so mm-hmm. if you're reading constantly, you can't help but learn. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. People want that. that. The, the scope of practice.com slash reading list and they can check that out. We'll have that in the show notes, y'all uh, slash reading list. I'm going to put that down here. And so tell us, because of course people are going to want to know how can our list, our listeners uh, come after you, <laughs> get in touch with you if they want to work with you, if they want to take your course, Tell us a little bit about how they can reach you. Yeah, the, the best way is going to be through the website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thescopeofpractice.com, and uh, they can get access to all the stuff there. We've got the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got you know the blog, and uh, they can always, they can always uh, find me there. And if you want to email me, editor at thescopeofpractice.com is going to be the best. So that's editor at thescopeofpractice.com. Awesome. We'll make sure we have that in the show, show notes as well. Well, Dot, thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and talking about this is a great conversation. I think what, to me, what is so impressive about it is, is, you know, really that learning by teaching, but also shifting the mindset and in our community specifically, like broadening 
our scope, our range, and um, really seeing the big picture. That's, that's what I'm taking away from it. And that you got to start, you got to just start. And so I appreciate you coming on and having this conversation with me. And I just look forward to, you know, empowering our listeners with your reading list. And hopefully they will reach out to you and work with you because I think what you have to offer is super important to our community and communities beyond. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, you heard it. This is Dr. Brent Lacey of The Scope of Practice. And you can you can catch him on thescopeofpractice.com. Um, his Facebook um, page link will be on the show notes. His Instagram is the scope of practice and his Twitter handle is a business coach MD. And you ought to check him out on the scope of practice podcast as well, which I'm going to get a chance to be on soon. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all check him out. He's an amazing dude and y'all follow him on LinkedIn. Just look him up on LinkedIn as well. Cause he has some amazing posts that come out. So um, thank you again. And also a thank you to the listeners. Every time you tune in, um, you know, you, you further our podcast. So if you would, I'd appreciate a little comment on what you think of this episode and the podcast in general, so that others will know that this show is legit. And so we will see you on the next episode. Um, you all have a great rest of the day, great rest of the week. Stay safe out there. Namaste. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode of Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as the rest. Remember to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time a new episode is released. It is you as our listener who help our podcast to grow. So if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you are inspired, we'd really appreciate it if you'd write a quick review and share it with five of your friends. We want to continue to expand our reach and bring this transformation to all of those doctors and medical professionals out there who are still seeking more autonomy, more freedom, more expression and purpose in their careers and lives. Finally, if you want to learn more about how I can help you as a doctor or medical professional transform your mindset, leverage your skill set, and create a profitable business and career you love by your design, please check out my website, www.drmaisha.com. That's D R M A I Y S H A.com. On my website, you can access one of my three free masterclasses to get you started on your journey to the next level. Have a wonderful rest of the day and an amazing rest of the week, y'all. And keep your head up looking to the next level. Namaste.